Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Breakfast Bar Podcast, a podcast that is recorded right here at my breakfast bar in my kitchen in beautiful Lafayette, Louisiana. Before we get too deep into it, I want to remind y'all how you can participate in the show. You can get in touch with us through social media on Facebook, facebook.com slash the breakfast bar podcast. Our Instagram is at the breakfast bar podcast. Our Twitter is at bbarcast. Our untapped page is the breakfast bar with no spaces. You can always Gmail us with the breakfast bar podcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to contribute to the show and become a sponsor, you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the breakfast bar. So now let's get into it with round one. Round one is a very exciting one for me today. I went into the liquor store and I chose one of my favorite drinks ever. It's it's a new one for me. I, I generally am not this kind of classy with my drinks, but I'm pretty pumped about this one. I am, of course, talking about the Laphroaig 10-year single malt scotch whiskey. It is uh, aged 10 years, and it's a 43% alcohol by volume, so it's not super alcoholic, but it is a delicious, delicious scotch. It's definitely one to try. If you've ever wanted to try a scotch, it's a really good middle-of-the-road scotch. You're not going to break the bank buying a bottle of it, but you're going to enjoy every sip. This is one they uh, there are two basic types of scotch. One that is what they call very peaty, and one that is not. This is the former. This is a very, very peaty scotch, and uh, if you need some kind of insight into what that tastes like, it tastes like you're drinking a campfire. The, the top of the little sleeve that the bottle comes in actually says, it's like kissing a mermaid who just ate barbecue, and that's kind of true. It is very, very smooth and uh, a really, really easy drinking scotch. So if you're looking at getting into scotch, this this particular bottle cost me about 50 bucks, which is fairly cheap when it comes to something that tastes like this. When I say scotch, a lot of people generally think of something like a Dewar's or like a, like a Johnny Walker, and this is not that. I'm a firm believer that with things like Dewar's or Johnny Walker, you're you're paying for the label more than you're paying for what's in the bottle. And it's just not going to do what you want it to do. The Laphroaig is a is a fantastic scotch, especially for beginner scotch drinkers. It's a real easy one to get into and relatively cheap as far as scotch goes. I may also have an episode coming up with the other end of the spectrum, uh, Aberfeldy 12-year-aged scotch, very, very similar in the fact that it is about the same price, and it's still very, very smooth, but it, like I said, it's the other end of the spectrum. It's not as peaty, but it's still very, very smooth and very easy to drink, and if you're interested in getting into scotch and looking fancy in front of your friends, this is the way to go. Uh, it's a very, very tasty drink and it's one that you can sit on on the back porch with a good cigar and just enjoy a glass of it i generally like to put a few ice cubes in there keep it chilled not too many because you don't want to water it down but that's how i like my scotch on the rocks and easy to drink when we move into round two i want to acknowledge current events and by that i absolutely mean the olympics the winter olympics are on probably my favorite olympics 
and not just because I'm from the north, but just because I feel like it's a hell of a lot more interesting to watch. They've got some real weird stuff on there. My favorite event in particular actually is the curling. People think it's weird that I like curling. People think it's weird that I'm into it. But if you understand what's going on when you're watching a curling match, then, man, it's a lot of fun. And it's really, really fun. I particularly enjoy watching the, the event while I am drinking. It's really something you can put on in the background and just kind of like half pay attention to you don't i don't get into it like somebody gets into a football game or anything like that that's not that's not my scene but i love to sit back with a nice drink and just kind of chill out and watch some curling it's a weird sport to get into but once you're into it you and you know what's going on it's a lot of fun to watch you are also definitely listening to a fan of cricket I'm a big fan of cricket. I know that the matches go for like six hours and you can like leave and go to work, work an entire shift and then come back and the cricket match is still happening. I know that's a thing because I've done it, but it, it kind of goes hand in hand. It's one of those things where it's like, if you know what's going on and you can figure it out, then it's a lot of fun to watch. I really, really like cricket and I really, really like curling. A big fan of both of those sports and in addition to curling i will be keeping a very close eye on the skeleton as well big fan of the skeleton a lot of people don't really know what it is but it's like you know it's like bobsledding with balls you know you take that teeny tiny little sled and you're going 100 miles an hour down this crazy luge course and it's a lot of fun to watch when you kind of take into account the danger that's involved these guys are going head first straight down this mother you know it's crazy that's i love the winter olympics and another event that is actually happening uh shortly is the westminster dog show i know i'm kind of making myself seem like an old man right now by talking about this i love drinking a nice glass of whiskey and watching the westminster dog show i i, I don't know what it is it's like i have a tradition in my house at thanksgiving once the Macy's Day Parade is over, we turn on to we turn on the dog show. I, it's just tradition. It's something I've always done, and I really, really like watching the dog show just because it's really funny to see how into it some people get. I'm a really big fan of the movie uh, Best in Show. I think it's really, really funny. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't really get it, and it's fine. You don't have to get it. But it's, it's a movie that kind of delves into the background of the dog shows. And it's so funny. And watching serious dog shows after watching that movie, even better. It's like being a camp counselor after watching Wet Hot American Summer. You're just like, okay, this is actually all real. But back to curling. If you want to get into curling and you, wanna, you want really want to sit down and you want to try to watch it and see what it's all about, then my suggestion is to watch the Scandinavians play. America's very good, but I'm going to be honest with you, it's almost like a lot of the American teams look like they are just bored people and this is their hobby. With the Scandinavians, it's like, this is a way of life. I saw pictures of the Finnish team the other day and it's like, damn, they look like they train all year long for this thing. Whereas we look like, as Americans, they just picked up a couple of people down at the truck stop and said, done, you're, you're the curling team, you gotta get a broom and a rock and figure it out, and it's, I mean, 
it's a sport and I acknowledge that it is a sport that does require a great deal of skill and a great deal of strategy. But at the same time, you're throwing a rock and sweeping in front of it. And there's such a, an interesting juxtaposition of humor and seriousness involved with this. Because it is very funny to watch. But it is also a very skillful and strategically difficult game. And if you get into it and you watch it and you sit down and you, you figure it out for yourself, then it's, it's infinitely better. Because now it's funny and you get it. That's round two for you. I hope that I inspired you to turn on that TV, turn on NBC Sports and check out some curling. It's really, really cool and I think it's definitely worth a watch. For round three, I'm going to do some toasts. I recently saw an episode of another podcast pop up on, on my, my app, and uh, it was a friend of mine, and I'm sure that I've mentioned them in a previous episode. Uh, they do a podcast named Deathcast. It's by my friends Kelsey and Sean up north, and they talk about all this cool stuff, and their podcast is really, really interesting because it goes into all the stages of death, and it talks about... It sounds really morbid, but it really isn't. They have a lot of really interesting facts. And they talk about a lot of the stuff that some people are actually afraid to ask. So they answer a lot of questions that certain people in polite society aren't going to just be like, Hey, you know, did you know that they used to race ambulances that were also hearses? Just found that one out. But it's done by... Like I said, my friend Kelsey and her brand new co-host, her husband, Sean. I want to give a little toast to Sean. I know this most recent episode was your foray into the co-hosting. And uh, I just want to say great job. You're very funny. I knew you and I uh, had something in common the minute you said you enjoyed Mo Bim Bam. I think you got a good head on your shoulders. Kelsey, hang on to that one. Also, definitely keep an ear out for a future episode of both of those podcasts, Deathcast and The Breakfast Bar, because we are currently talking about doing some kind of crossover episode as soon as we figure out this whole podcasting over Skype thing. I think it might be easier for me. I don't know what kind of equipment they're working with, but I've got a whole mixer in front of me because overkill is underrated. That's how I live my life. I don't know what their setup's looking like, but I feel like I could probably do it. I'm not sure. I don't know how any of this works. Like I said, this is my first podcast. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So, Kelsey, just let me know, and I, I'm sure I can read an article about it somewhere and, and figure it out. Uh, in the meantime, if you would like to suggest a drink you would like to see on that particular crossover episode, I am looking at a lot of like themed shots for some reason i don't know why but for some reason they're under the impression i'm sitting here slamming shots that is not the case i am sipping this stuff on ice generally when i record a one hour episode it takes me about two hours i'm taking my time on this stuff i'm not a frat boy trying to get out to the bars or anything like that i am enjoying my drink their most recent episode, they actually 
made a point to say, I can't believe he drank that fireball. Well, you're damn right I drank that fireball. You wanted me to drink that shit. I, I, I put it down. I will never do it again. Do not ever ask me to do anything like that again. But uh, back to back to my shot, my my call out. If you are listening to this and you have a particular shot or or a drink recipe that you would like us to drink, I'm not opposed to doing different drinks for all six rounds. Honestly, I would love to pick out something that that works. I've you know my Instagram has an an idea on it uh, in the form of the brain hemorrhage shot peach schnapps baileys and grenadine which quite frankly sounds fucking awful but you know in the name of podcasting and in the name of what we are doing here i will make that sacrifice for you the listener i hope you appreciate it i also want to send out a quick shout out i've mentioned before that i have my fun little soundcloud uh, premium account so I get to see where you all are and where you're all listening from if you are in Lafayette good on you thank you for listening because that means you probably know me in real life in person I don't know who you are specifically but I know you're in Lafayette and I just want to say I love you that's it that's all I got to say to you I love you thank you for listening to this show and uh, if you are in Lafayette or in the Louisiana area and would like to come to Lafayette, then uh, let me know. I, I'd love to have a guest on the show, sit down, have a few drinks, and talk about some stuff. Maybe you can talk about your favorite podcasts as well. At the moment, I have mentioned my favorite podcasts several times uh, during the run of this podcast. Obviously, I've mentioned Bim Bam Bam. I've mentioned Sawbones. I have talked about Deathcast to no end. Uh, I'd also like to give a, a shout out to the, all the podcasts that follow me on Instagram. You guys are awesome. Super, super supportive. You guys have shows that are a way higher quality than this. I don't know why you are even bothering to look at this rinky-dink little podcast that I'm putting out. But thank you so much. Cause it means a lot to have established podcasters liking and commenting my posts. I'm, I'm super flattered by that. That's amazing. It's amazing that you are willing to sit through this hour-long show of this droning, deep voice talking at you and getting drunk in front of a microphone. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you keep listening. And I hope you, you tell your listeners about what I'm doing here. And like I said crossovers aren't limited to just deathcast i am totally down to be either a guest on another show or to have you guest on my show just get in touch with me my most active uh social media account is obviously my instagram but you can get in touch with me through the facebook and the twitter or the email always down obviously i keep an eye on absolutely all of them so please 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 if you want to get in touch with me, give me a shout. I'm a nice guy, I promise. I, I drink a lot, so that makes me fairly friendly, generally. So, as, unless I'm drinking Fireball, in which case I just get sleepy, apparently. That was a new one for me. That being said, that is the end of round three. I will leave you with a quick little message about how you can get in touch with me. And I will be back as soon as I am done breaking the seal. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. 
I just want to do a quick little reminder while I'm in the other room taking a leak about how you can get in touch with the show. Our social media accounts are, of course, facebook.com slash thebreakfastbarpodcast. Our Instagram is at thebreakfastbarpodcast. That's our most active account. Our Twitter is at bbarcast. Untapped account is thebreakfastbar with no spaces. Our Gmail is, of course, thebreakfastbarpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, if you'd like to get involved with the show, maybe sponsor a round of drinks, sponsor a bottle, maybe even be a guest, then hit up our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thebreakfastbar. And as always, do not forget, new episodes are posted on SoundCloud, iTunes, and now Stitcher. Stitcher's our brand new one. I'm very, very excited about it. Hit up Stitcher, get a couple episodes under your belt, and just send me a comment, send me a like, send me an email. Let me know how I'm doing. I love to hear from you guys. And I want to keep this going. So thank you so much for listening. And back to the show. All right, for round four, here we go. I would like to introduce a little, a new segment for round four. I'm going to be talking a little bit about my ghost adventures. This is what I like to call the ghost adventure update. For those of you that do know and have listened to the previous episodes, thank you. I appreciate it. You're doing it right. I... I'm very, very adamant that my place of business, my place of work, is extremely haunted. Now, I want to give you a little update because one of my staff members actually approached me the other day and said that his neighbor is, in fact, the great-great-granddaughter of the ghost that haunts that building. Living in a small town, I'm not super surprised that this guy has relatives that are still in town it's kind of wild to think about it though so now i have been dealing with this ghost for what four five months now and suddenly i have a name and a face that i can put to this guy i am gonna put him on blast a little bit i hope the family's okay with that the ghost's name is of course Rene delhomme a very french very cajun kind of name which you would come to expect in a town like Lafayette, Louisiana. Very, very French people. But the interesting part of the story is this guy owned the building in the 1920s, and it was the Delhomme Funeral Home. It was a place, uh, by the way, Kelsey and Sean, you might be very, very interested in this. It was a an old-style funeral home, but also, at the same time, a car dealership. This guy had a car dealership in the front and he was operating a funeral home in the back. And an interesting story that I actually heard just today was that back in the day, I know on your latest podcast you talk a little bit about hearses and how they used to be ambulances as well. It was all the same shenanigans back in the day. This guy would race the other funeral directors to the scenes of accidents and things like they would take their hearses and uh, as they were operating as ambulances until they found a dead body but they would operate as ambulances race to the scene of an accident or or emergency or whatever and they would do their best to obviously save the person but then when the person wasn't saved they had hers ready to go, ready to go right there. And they would just transport it right back to the funeral home and away we go. And I knew when I 
was brought into this business, this particular business. I had known that this was a funeral home and I knew that a lot of the rooms we were converting were rooms that had been used in in the funeral business. The room that where we keep all the trash cans and everything right now had a drain in the middle of it and so when we asked the realtor what that room was used for, it was used for draining the body of fluids. They would just drain it right th- right down the drain in the in the ground. And uh, so obviously that room has some fucked up history. But in addition to that, this guy was he was the owner of the funeral home during the Prohibition era, and he was also friends with Al Capone. Al Capone actually was registered in attendance of this guy's wedding. Back in the Great Depression, you could be married, but only one person was allowed to work at the time. I don't really understand why that law was in effect. I'm sure there's some great debate behind it, but only one person out of the married couple was allowed to work. So these two people went out and they got, they eloped and they got married. And the the woman was a school teacher and he was director of the funeral home. And they kept the marriage a secret for a very long time because they both continued working. So they lived in separate houses, even though they were married. And then once that law was gone, they had an official uh, ceremony and Al Capone was in attendance. Now during Prohibition era, Al Capone actually had this funeral director hide liquor in his building. And it's not a small building, so it's very, very easy to understand that there was some corner of this building used for hiding liquor. And apparently this man loved his gin. So this ghost, Rene Delhomme, is in the building. I... As a manager, I have come in contact with him several times now. I have heard footsteps and doors opening and closing on their own. We have walkie-talkie system to speak between managers and and other staff about things going on in the restaurant. And I have a walkie-talkie in the office that will turn on and do static for a little while and then shut itself off. We've seen mysterious shadows. We have... Uh, it's any number of things, and I believe, I'm a firm believer, actually, that um, when we tore a bunch of walls down, we found some very, very old uh, uh, fireplaces, and those fireplaces actually have dates carved into them, so we have a general idea of the era that these fireplaces were put in there, so I am a firm believer that when we tore the walls down and found those fireplaces, that kind of stirred something up, and it stirred up the spirit of this guy, Rene Delhomme. And so now, in our utility room, we see shadows moving back and forth. We see, uh, I have had a manager see him in a mirror that we have upstairs. He generally sticks to the same area. We have a little mezzanine balcony over our stage for our our music venue area, and that's kind of where he sticks around. So I actually, tonight, before recording this podcast, I ran into the family of this man. The uh, great-granddaughter and the great-great-granddaughter came into the restaurant to eat, and they had heard from one of my staff members that we had been seeing ghosts and having ghostly things happen around the restaurant. We've had 
the little covers from the thermostats fly off and fly across the room. We've had, obviously, footsteps, shadows. I have seen a man in a gray suit in dark corners of the restaurant. And yes, I can confirm it is every bit as terrifying as it sounds. I have taken to making sure that Renee knows that I am there every time I walk into the building and letting him know that I am not sticking around for very long and he can have his space back as soon as I am gone. That's, I don't know if that is common practice or something I'm supposed to be doing, but that is something that I have started doing just to kind of say like, look, dude, I understand this is your space. I am just kind of here to do my thing. We're trying to run a business. You died, you know, 60, 70 years ago. I'm, I'm sorry about that. It really sucks, but here I am. We're in 2015. You died in 1955. So uh, he has uh, thus far done nothing uh, particularly malicious. I, I am told that he was a, not only a drinking man, but also a very mean man, but I have seen no real evidence to, you know, support that theory. Uh, he's been relatively nice to me. I don't really know what the deal is. He seems to appear more to the male staff members than the female staff members, although we have had several female staff members come into contact with him. I have actually several kitchen employees that will refuse to go into certain sections of the restaurant after dark because they have come in contact with this man. And it's the most haunting that I have ever seen in my life. I've lived in haunted houses before. I, my mother in New Hampshire moved into a house after a, a lady died and left the house to her. So she moved into the house and my room that I slept in was the room that the lady died in. So I got a little bit of haunting out of that, but not, not this kind of level. This is like full on appearing to people and, and kind of scaring some people. I, the, the first night I saw him, I got out of there so fast. I don't even think I remembered to clock out that night. I just, I locked all the doors and I ran out of that building. But I was telling the family tonight that I can feel when he is in the building. I know it sounds strange. I know it sounds crazy, but you can feel when he's there. You, the air gets heavy. It gets a little warmer and, and you kind of get this sense about you when he's around. I'm not talking like this sense of dread, like this sense that I'm going to suddenly be thrown off of the roof or something. I'm just saying you can kind of feel it when he's around and it's cool. I think it's really cool the kind of thing kind of scares me a little bit but at the same time it, it's cool it's interesting it's interesting to live through because you know from now on I'm gonna forever tell the story for the rest of my life of that time that I worked in a haunted restaurant and this ghost was just always around and he seems to primarily hang out in the room where our air conditioning unit are like and I'm told, actually, that that corner of the building is where his office was when it was a funeral home. It's really interesting. It's fascinating, if you ask me, honestly. And to suddenly be involved in this extreme haunting situation where this guy is definitely around, it's 
fascinating to me. I'm a big fan of a, a TV show on, I want to say, History Channel or Discovery Channel called Ghost Adventures. I know it's all foolish. I know it's silliness, really, this Ghost Adventures show, because if you've ever watched it, it's, I mean, it's hilarious. I watch it for the laughs, honestly, because these guys are so, they're so foolish. I love them. I love them to death, and I think that they really, really do believe in what they're doing, and they really believe that they're helping people, but at the same time, come on. Um, it's like if I took any frat bros I knew in college and just gave them a bunch of ghost, fancy ghost hunting equipment and put it, locked them in a haunted house for a night. It's hilarious, and it's something you should watch if you're really into this kind of thing, but I, honest to God, believe that I am in a, a haunting situation. I am being thrust into this situation where I work in very, very close quarters with this ghost. And I think the energy of the restaurant downstairs and the, the having knocked down certain walls and found certain things from that era, I think that kind of lends itself to us being haunted it uh, lends itself to this ghost making himself known and letting us know hey y'all i am here and i'm not messing around when i saw the ghost it was he appeared to me as a man in a gray suit and it appeared in a very dark corner of the restaurant and i'll probably go into that story some other time after a few more drinks but he appeared to me as a man in a gray suit and we actually have a picture somewhere in the restaurant of the people who operated the funeral home when it was a funeral home. And they were standing in front of the building. And I went and I looked at this picture. And standing in front of the building is this man in a gray suit in, I want to say it was 1924 is the date on this picture. So it's real, y'all. We are haunted as fuck. This building was largely abandoned when we showed up, but the guy died in 1955. I'm talking 60 years ago. This guy passed away, and now all of a sudden we're back in there. We're stirring shit up. We're knocking down walls. We're building stuff inside this thing. Obviously, he's going to pop up and be like, yo, still here, bitches. Uh, when we first opened, actually right before we opened... I was sitting in the office, and I, I believe I was balancing the safe or something like that. I was working on the computer. I was in the office, and I heard, I want to say I was either alone in the building or there was, like, one other person in the building, and I heard outside, outside the office, a door slam and then some, like, serious yelling, like someone was being stabbed kind of yelling, and I it freaked me out a little bit. But like I said, I was under the impression there was somebody else in the building. So I was like, okay, ha ha, very funny. And then I realized he was outside having a cigarette when that happened. So what the, what the fuck did I hear? What the fuck's going on in this place? And it freaked me out. And I, was, I remained freaked out until I kind of started to come to terms with what I was dealing with. I am actually going to take this opportunity to let y'all know... I have put in my notice with this job, and I will be leaving this job. So, unfortunately, the ghost updates are not going to continue. And I will be recording this at a very different breakfast bar 
elsewhere in the state. I will tell you I'm moving to Monroe, Louisiana, uh, within the next month. So that's very exciting. You will get to hear me recording in Monroe. That is that is my ghost update. I have obviously made myself sound like enough of a crazy person. But if you are in the Lafayette, Louisiana area, look me up. Send me an email. I'll take you for a ghost tour. I'll show you I'm not crazy. And you will be properly freaked out by the time you leave my restaurant. Now that we're done talking about ghosts, I want to talk about other things that haunt restaurants around this time of year. I am, of course, referring to Mardi Gras attendants. Y'all know who you are. You're the kind of people that are running around and you bust out your Lycra shorts just for some parades that are going around downtown. Generally, I'm a big fan of Mardi Gras. I, I think I've mentioned it in a previous episode. I like Mardi Gras. I enjoy attending Mardi Gras. I do not like working during Mardi Gras. I had the opportunity actually to take Lundi Gras off, which is the day before Fat Tuesday, and I could not have been happier during that time. I enjoyed myself very, very much, but then of course I came back and I had to work on Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, uh, this this past Tuesday. I have no idea when this will be posted, so you can obviously look it up in your calendars, but I want my roast today to be about the people that get a little too drunk at some Mardi Gras. You know who you are. You know what's going on. I'm, of course, guilty of doing this my first couple of Mardi Gras, but I am not here to babysit you at Mardi Gras. Baby's first Mardi Gras has no place in my place of business, and I'm not down with it. I have seen and heard and, in some cases, done many things during Mardi Gras, and I am not about to be a part of your Mardi Gras experience. Mardi Gras is about having a good time. Everybody gets together, and they have fun, and they have a good time, and it's not about being a dick to each other. I say what I say at the end of every episode just for a reason. Because you shouldn't go through life being a dick. You should enjoy yourself and you should focus on enjoying yourself. One thing, the best piece of advice I ever got about Mardi Gras was everybody else is there to have a good time. So you don't really have to worry about anybody being mean to you. As long as you're cool to them, they're going to be cool to you. That's Mardi Gras. Everybody else is there to have a good time, so have a good time. Have fun, but don't get so fucking sloppy that the owners of restaurants have to call the the paramedics on you. I was on a first-name basis with whatever poor operator was working the phones for the Lafayette PD on Mardi Gras Day because I had to call them so many fucking times on Mardi Gras Because I had these people showing up, stumbling and falling all over themselves. We are a family establishment. So when you walk in, you know, with your Snapchat open, swearing and yelling at whoever the hell else is watching this shit, it kind of is not a good look for you. And let's be honest, man, if I got to kick you out of my restaurant, that's going to be super embarrassing for you. 
we are a family-friendly restaurant. You get kicked out of where I work? It's like getting kicked out of Chuck E. Cheese for being too drunk. That's pretty fucked up, dude. Like, that's a level that I don't want anyone to be at. It sucks, man. If I have to kick you out of my restaurant, I'm not going to enjoy it. That's the least favorite part of my job. Honestly, I'm a bar manager. My favorite part of my job is drinking. I get reps coming in all day, every day with with samples that they want me to try. Samples of things they want me to put on sale all the time. It's great. I fucking love it. But you know what I don't fucking love? Putting your drunk ass out on the curb and watching the cops show up and put you in the paddy wagon. That ain't cool, man. What the fuck? Come on. If you get that drunk at Mardi Gras, then man, rethink your life. I get it. This is Lafayette. It's a small town. You don't get a lot of opportunity to go super hard. But at the same time, like, there's kids around. Mardi Gras in Lafayette, Louisiana is a very family thing. Like, it's done by 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Fat Tuesday. So you know there's kids all over the place. You really want to embarrass yourself in front of all those families? I know you're probably not going to see a lot of those people again in your life. That's how I live my life. If I'm not going to see these people again, fuck it, whatever. I'm going to have a good time. But at the same time, don't make a dick of yourself. Don't make an ass out of yourself just because you want to have a good time and you want to go fucking hard for this one opportunity that you have. If you, only, by the way, also, if you only have one opportunity to go hard all year, then man, I'm sorry. Obviously, you have some shitty friends because... I know I lived in New Orleans, I know I went to college in New Orleans, and I had a lot of opportunity to party and have a good time, but at the same time, like, even when there was nothing going on at night, even when there wasn't a show or something, we would still go pretty hard, and we would make fun for ourselves. If you need to be entertained because of the time of year, then maybe you need to check in someplace, because... You shouldn't need an excuse to have a good time. And you also shouldn't need, you know, three bottles of whiskey to have a good time. Because, man, I'm telling you, the number of times I kicked people out of this place for bringing in full bottles of liquor, it's foolish. If you think you're going to get away with posting up at a booth in a restaurant with your own personal bottle of liquor, then you're out of your goddamn mind. I have no idea what the fuck you're thinking. If that's what's going on, what the hell's the matter with you? Seriously, I'm here to sell you this stuff. I'm not here to give you a place to sit while you drink your own. That's not how this works. That's not how business works, bitch. And if I gotta kick you out of this restaurant, I'm gonna make sure that you are as embarrassed as humanly possible. I kicked the guy out during Mardi Gras who was making such an ass of himself in the restaurant that after I got him out, the other customers clapped is that how you want to be remembered as that guy that got kicked out of the restaurant and everybody else in the restaurant's fucking clapping when the cops take you away what the fuck for real i'm all about having a good time i'm all about getting down and doing it and just loving life but there's a limit man there's a line and you can't cross that you cross that line i can't help you man that's, that's fucking ridiculous. I give advice on this show. I tell you things that you should be doing. 
because let's be honest, I know better than you. But the best advice that I can give to someone at Mardi Gras is to not go super hard. Just have a few drinks and enjoy yourself. Catch some beads. That's the point. And by the way, anyone listening in the north uh, where I am from, I need you to understand that whole flashing for beads thing, it's not real. That's not how it works. You do have to, like, wave your hands around and yell at people to get the beads, but you don't have to pull them out, you know? Leave them in there. Obviously, you can dress up and have a good time. I'm, look, I'm the kind of guy that will look for any excuse to dress up and, you know, show off and have a good time. I love dressing up for holidays. Halloween's my jam. Mardi Gras, my jam. I love that shit. I love getting really into it. I like getting involved in those holidays. So do it. Dress up for Mardi Gras. Have a good time. Go out and, you know, out here we have Cajun Mardi Gras where the Cajuns make their own costumes. Like, I have a, a young Cajun man on my staff who makes his own costume, and he showed up to work the other day covered in hot glue burns. It's a it's a thing. Dress up, have a good time, you know, be flashy, whatever, but don't flash, because Mardi Gras is a surprisingly family-oriented holiday. People bring their kids to these things, man. You want to smack a kid in the face with your boobies? Like, go ahead, but you're going to jail. The cops are fucking serious out here. They're serious about that kind of thing, but at the same time, I will tell a little story. I was in, I want to say my sophomore or junior year of college, and it was around the time, I'm sure I've mentioned Brass Monkeys on this podcast before. I love Brass Monkeys at Mardi Gras. It's, for those of you who don't know, it is a 40, generally of Old English, or these days, since Old English is in plastic, King Cobra, and you drink the 40 down to the label and then you top it off with orange juice and that is a brass monkey at the same time i also like to throw a shot of gin in there just for good measure don't ask me why gin it just works but at the same time i was at uh, a mardi gras parade and in new orleans and actually generally in louisiana as long as whatever you're drinking is not in glass the cops will look the other way uh, so it's also a thing we have drive-through daiquiri shops, and as long as you got a straw not in there, it is a closed container, which is fucking crazy. That drive-through daiquiri shops are even a thing at all, but that you can also like have it in your cup holder and good to go. But I was at a parade, one of my favorite parades, I believe, uh, Muses Crew of Muses in New Orleans, which is a great, great parade. A lot of women on these floats and they're all uh the people who roll in these parades are all like influential members of society and all these women are doing great things and you have no idea who they are but you know that they're influential members of society and they're doing great things with their lives and they're helping people and they're they're business owners and all this shit and i was at muses with a brass monkey in my hand and i had the brown pla- paper bag around it and i walked onto the parade route right next to where the floats were going and I was just drinking my brass monkey having a good time and then I looked over and there was a cop standing right next to me watching me drink this thing and he could tell it was in glass he's not fucking stupid 
but he could tell it was in glass. And so I looked at him and I go, I'm so sorry, officer. Like, do you, do you want me to throw this away? And he said, it's cool, dude. Just finish it. And I was like, challenge accepted, sir. So I, you know, I slammed that thing right in front of that officer and tossed it in the trash receptacle closest to me. I got a nod of approval from that officer and I went about my business and I had myself a great muses. By the way, there are a couple of Mardi Gras parades that if you are ever interested in going to a Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans and you want to check it out and you want to have a good time, I always, always, always recommend Muses, Endymion, and of course Bacchus. All excellent, excellent parades, and they're all at very different times of the year. Uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans is legitimately a two or three month process. And I say process because there is a, a saying in New Orleans, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So keep that in mind when you are at Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Obviously, at the time of recording, Mardi Gras is over. It is now Lent, so you can only eat fish on Fridays, I guess. I don't really know how that works. But Mardi Gras is a great time. And if you're going to enjoy Mardi Gras, enjoy it safely. Enjoy it responsibly. Don't don't be a ding-dong running into restaurants, knocking shit over, and being an asshole. Because then you can end up in the back of a cruiser and... Who wants that? Who wants to ruin their Mardi Gras with that? For my sixth and final round, I'm going to leave you with some some final thoughts. I believe last week's episode was about my Sam Adams business. I do like Sam Adams. I think it's a good beer. But at the same time, last week's episode kind of made me remember why I don't drink six of them in a row. That being said, I have no problem drinking six of these scotches in a row I do feel like I have a campfire in my mouth. That's kind of with the territory with a, a peaty scotch like this. It is a delicious scotch. It is still a delicious scotch as I record this. I have no problems at all with this bottle, and uh, I'm going to enjoy the rest of it very slowly, I believe. Scotch isn't really meant to be drank in rapid succession, so I'm going to do my best to savor the rest of this bottle. I am going to be looking into doing some YouTube streaming of uh, games, and this scotch is absolutely going to be featured on an episode of that. I'm not sure how that works. I'm not sure if I can make that work, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, in, in conclusion, this is an excellent scotch. You should definitely take a look. If you're interested in, in trying a scotch, this is one to go with. I have two scotch recommendations. This one, if you're looking for something with a very smoky flavor, this literally tastes like it went into a smoker at some point in its in its life cycle. Or if you're not down with the smoky flavor, I definitely recommend something uh, along the lines of an Aberfeldy 12-year scotch. It's the same price point. It's just a very, very different scotch. It's got a very different flavor to it, but it is still so smooth that you can drink it like water. It's dangerous in that respect, but my listeners obviously are responsible human beings. Adults, if I may. If you are going to put 
this scotch into a glass and sip on it, I would say stick to just a few ice cubes. You don't want to water your scotch down to too much, and you definitely don't want to put it through a shaker for any reason. God only knows why you would do something like that, but don't bruise your scotch. You spent too much money on this bottle to fuck it all up. I am a firm believer that anyone who drinks mixed drinks doesn't like alcohol. They just like getting drunk. And that's a firm, firm, firm belief in this house. I am by no means what I would consider a classy drinker. I'm not a martini guy. I'm, But I do drink for taste. I, I want to drink something that I enjoy the taste of. And this is absolutely a scotch that I enjoy the taste of very, very much. It's it's definitely still very much a special occasion kind of deal. I will only really drink it when I'm, you know, celebrating something or if I'm sitting down after a hard day of work, I'll have one, maybe two, definitely not six. But if you are looking for a, a good middle-of-the-road scotch, this is definitely the one to go with. And obviously, always check with your local liquor store. They know what they're talking about over there. Just a little shout out to uh, some local businesses. Uh, Ambassador Wine and Spirits is where I got this particular bottle. They knew exactly what I was looking for the minute I said it. They knew exactly where to find it. And they have been a supplier of this show, whether or not they know it. They are fantastic at what they do and their prices. You, you really can't beat them. So... If you are in the Lafayette area and you're looking for a good bottle of liquor, definitely check out Ambassador Wine and Spirits. They're right over on Ambassador Caffrey. I'm going to leave you with some final thoughts. These scotches are very, very good. I would very much recommend this to you. If you want a drink recommendation, please, by all means, get in touch with the show. I can provide many drink recommendations. I'm particularly well-versed in beer and whiskey, but I am also very, very good with the gin. Vodka, I mean, if you're drinking vodka, just rethink your life. Rum, I can do a little bit of, as long as you stay away from the Bacardi, just no on that one. But if you need a drink recommendation, please, please get in touch with me. Uh, hit up my Instagram or my Facebook page. We've got it all right there. I can absolutely give you drink recipes. I have been working very, very closely with a company called Stillhouse Whiskey. I am close personal friends with some people who work there, and I can give you recommendations on drink recipes as well as where you can buy this spirit. I'm a big fan of whiskey, so obviously my specialties lie there, but... Like I said, beer's a thing too. Especially if you like PBR. That's my jam. PBR and Schlitz. I'm going to end the show by reminding you how you can get in touch with me here. If, in fact, you would like to. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Podcast. Our Instagram is at Podcast. Twitter is at bbarcast. Our untapped page is The Breakfast Bar with no spaces. Our Gmail is thebreakfastbarpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to contribute to the show to keep the show running, keep it going, then 
you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the breakfast bar. We got all kinds of cool rewards over there, so check it out. I am also very, very willing to uh, accommodate anyone who listens to this show. That's how much I appreciate you guys. I'm talking to you who's listening right now. I very, very much appreciate all the support that I am receiving. I always, always, always check my Instagram page and I'm getting so many good comments and so many cool people are getting in touch with me through my Instagram and I'm really, really down with it. I love to post pictures of what I'm drinking and what I'm thinking about drinking in the future. This Lafoig is definitely on there. I've got a couple more coming up and I really, really appreciate the good feedback. I like knowing that people enjoy listening to this show. I would also like to end this show with a real quick shout out. I know I've done it a couple of times. This is episode six and I've probably done this in about half of the episodes, but Austin, I'm talking to you, dude. Thank you so much. You are my top listener. You are awesome. You're killing it. Really appreciate you listening to me. And if you keep this shit up, I might just send you a bottle of scotch. But keep on listening. Keep it together. This has been the Breakfast Bar. I have been the Condor. And as always, don't be a dick. Good night, everybody.